well, at work, if you want the promotion, you start doing the job that you want before you have it. And that's how you get noticed for the promotion. Mm. But that's not how it works in dating. In dating, we want to stay within the phase that we are and then create containers before we enter the next phase. So before, for example, we're entering the sleeping with somebody on a consistent basis and meeting their friends and meeting their family and creating plans and trips and vacations, you want to create the container of exclusivity. And you really have to trust yourself and like what you bring to that person and that they will want to take that next step in order to have the confidence to have that conversation and create that container. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Chapter 20 Something with me, Kylie McDonald. Happy Tuesday and happy Valentine's Day. I hope that if you're celebrating with someone, if you're celebrating with Galentine's, Hershey Bar, whatever, um, I just hope you're having a great day and taking care of yourself. I think this episode will help with that matter. Because today, we have Amber Grubenman, and she is the host and founder of Women's Dating and Confidence. So Women's Dating and Confidence, it's not only a huge podcast, Amber is also a full-time dating coach where she works with her clients directly in their own journeys. She has guides to go from dating to exclusive. It's really a whole brand that she has created truly from the ground up and we get into her whole story and she has so many pieces of advice about really building a business and building something sustainable and she gets into the details of how it's not easy and how it's taken her a lot of time years to really get to where she is now to where she's doing this full time and has a successful business and she doesn't sugarcoat it really she tells us her story of how she got there. So if you're looking to do something similar in any field, listen for those tips. And then we get, of course, into some dating tips. And what I love about Amber's philosophy is that she approaches coaching her clients and helping them through their dating experiences from, as the title of her business would suggest, from coming from a place of confidence and approaching each situation, knowing what you need, what you want, and not letting anybody take that from you in return for a so-called love. You know, the most successful dating experiences and relationships come when you are the most confident in yourself and in who you want to be and in what you bring to the table. So she brings these two really important aspects of life together and teaches us how we can thrive in both areas and get to where we want to be. I think she really has something amazing going. She's helping so many people and I learned a lot from speaking with her 
and I know you will too. So if you want to follow her, she has her podcast. You can find it anywhere, Women's Dating and Confidence. Um, on Instagram, she is at, at Amber Grubinman. And you can go to her website, ambergrubinman.com. Yeah, and like if you want to work with her, go do it. Like it's Valentine's Day. Today's the day to do something for yourself if you're not happy where you're at, you know? It's about you. Make sure to let us know what you think of the episode. Share it with anybody who you think might take something from it. And I think, honestly, with this one, there are a lot of people who can take something from this episode. Um, and yeah, follow the podcast on Instagram at chapter20somethingpod. You could follow me, official Kylie McDonald. And I hope you guys really have a great day, a great week ahead. And make sure to treat yourself today. And maybe somebody is treating you, which would be nice too. But um, <laughs> no matter what. Remember, self-love is key, baby. Okay? All right. <laughs> I'm just going to sign off here. Have a great day, guys. Much love to you all. Bye. So you are the host of the Women's Dating and Confidence podcast. And I feel like those two things we don't often hear together, but we should because it's so incredibly necessary. Like you can't have one without the other. So I want to know how you landed on those two topics and brought them together. Um, and I'm just so excited to really dive into all of this with you. Yeah. So why those two things together? Okay. So I used to work for somebody else doing coaching and he was a confidence coach. And okay. so then when I branched into my own business, I think I just like took that from that world, but my passion was dating. And I saw through working with him and so many of his clients, how important those two things are and how they go together. Also, I'm just I mean, at the time I was just so uncreative with what to name my podcast. Like you have such a happy <laughs> podcast title. And I was just like, uh, what's this podcast about? Okay. We're going to talk about confidence and also dating women's dating and confidence podcast. Amazing. Boom. Boom to the point. That's what you need, but it helps people who are looking for that specifically. It helps them find it. You don't, you know, yes. there's no need for the creative titles or whatever. It's like dating confidence. Boom. I want it. And it's obviously working for you. So <laughs> great. Okay. So you said your passion was dating. How do you land on that? Like it's a field. It's a, it's even interesting to say it's a career field, but it is. And it's one that everybody relates to has a story about goes through at some point, but how did you land on realizing that you wanted to go into dating as a career? Yeah. Well, first of all, I love your questions. I'm getting so excited. <laughs> Yay. Thanks. Um, so I became interested in dating coaching just like for myself, actually when I was 15 mm. and I was uh, discovering YouTube. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I was also discovering boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Classic combo. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I come from two very happily married parents. And I think I just assumed that it was going to be easy. I just thought like, 
oh, you just meet your sweetheart and you like each other. Like what more is there to it? You're just together now and it's good. And then I discovered that that (laughs) was not the case. (laughs) You're like, "Mm, no. (laughs) And also, so for my high school years, I was in Zurich, Switzerland and the culture there is a lot different. And it was a huge shock. Um, but basically you're treated as an adult starting when you're 16 um, in most ways. So you can buy alcohol, you can buy cigarettes, you bring yourself to school. If you're sick at school, you just excuse yourself. They don't call your parents. So mm. it was like, I kind of also in other ways became an adult super quickly, okay. um, including dating. Like it was a very adult dating scene. It was like, let's go grab a drink at a bar. Oh, wow. I had this like very cold plunge intro to dating and realized that, wow, there's a lot that's coming up around here. And then I discovered, oh my gosh, you can actually learn about relationships and dating and connections and what you learn can support you in having a better experience and improving the quality of your connection. So that was like my personal intro to dating and what coaching can do. And then I had this idea of like, oh, maybe that's something I could do like years later because I had been learning from these dating coaches. So I'm like, they have this job. Maybe this is a job that exists. And I kind of dismissed it for years. I didn't really follow up on it. I just, I didn't see the path. It's not like you can go to school to become a dating coach. And then eventually, like long story short, I read a book called um, The Art of Extraordinary Confidence from Dr. Aziz Ghazipura, who was my mentor for many years. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to him and asked him if I could do an internship with him. And he, through several interviews, (laughs) eventually said yes. um, And I started working for him and then was hired on by him. Wow. That's amazing. And even that portion of your story is so cool because you were just following a passion and then it took you reaching out and actually finding the people who were doing what you wanted to do and saying, Hey, I'm interested in this. I want to pursue this. Let me learn from you. And, you know, I think from so many people that I've had on the show, you realize that it's never really going to come to you. You have to be the one to seek it. And when you do, At some point, even if it's not the first person you find or the first email you send, like you're going to find something that's going to move you forward. And clearly that has been your case. Yes. And I should also mention there were several other things like career paths and internships and like mentors that I sought out before that I worked with to some capacity and it didn't really work out or it didn't pan out into anything or it wasn't developing So while I got really lucky that he did accept me, that wasn't the first thing that I pursued. And one thing like on that topic as well is in his book, he has a chapter on bold asks. So he talks about developing your confidence and there's different levels of asks, right? So there's like asking someone to hang out. That's a little bit bold because maybe it's someone new and you don't know if they're going to say yes. Mm -hmm. And the boldest level of ask is asking for something where the result is very likely to be no. I was inspired when I read his book and I was like, you know what? He's probably going to turn me down, but I'm going to ask anyways. And that's what I did. And I think he was like, 
boom, she's doing the book. Like, nice. Yes. (laughs) She's bold. Let's go. (laughs) No, but it's true. And, you know, even in situations like that, for some reason, it can feel so scary, but it's that natural fear of rejection. But really, you're not going to lose anything if he says no. You're just losing something if you don't take that opportunity, in my opinion. So yeah, it's scary, but I'm like, you just have to push past that fear and you never know what's on the other side. Yes. And sometimes what's on the other side is feeling very disappointed. Of and course. That's, yes. And, and so like, if you do want to create opportunities for yourself, you need to be willing to experience and process through emotions that come up. Right. And yeah. it wasn't like, oh, okay, I got accepted. And then it was just smooth sailing. Like that's when it began. And then it got really hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. So wasn't just like, okay, boom, got the job. And now everything's super easy. Yeah. That's such an important point. And I think when people are telling the stories of their success, they often don't bring up those moments, but it's never easy. And of course, when you're putting yourself out there, it's scary. You're going to feel vulnerable. You're going to feel disappointed at times. You're going to get down on yourself. The world's going to feel like it's coming down on you, but it's part of the process. And I think that's important to remember. Okay. So you get this internship you're mentoring under this doctor tell me his name one more time uh Dr. Aziz Gazipura okay cool so what was his position his role exactly so he started a coaching company called the Center for Social Confidence and he works with a wide variety of people Uh and so he's the founder owner and lead coach there okay awesome so Under his guidance, what were you learning and what were you doing in this new position? Yeah, so I was going through all of his online courses. Um, I was helping him refine and develop like his new courses. So basically like creating the notes for it or creating the things around the content that he created. And then I started working with people. Um, So I started doing one-on-one coaching and then I would come to his live events in Portland and I would work in groups there and speak at his events um, and just support and facilitate group activities. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So at this point in your life, how old were you? I was 21. You so, okay. So you were young, but you were, you know, an adult doing your thing. Like, how were you feeling confidence wise and like dating wise, you know, so you're going out there, you're figuring out your life, you're on the right track. But when you came home at the end of the day and you were thinking about, all right, here I am, here's my life, but where am I going? What do I see myself doing? Like, how were you feeling about yourself and about your future? So in terms of dating, I was in a long-term relationship pretty much the whole time. Um, so in terms of my own dating life, I didn't think about it much anymore. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. Living together. Um, so yeah, that was just kind of like a solid piece of my life. And then in terms of work, oh my gosh, I was just not confident in so many ways. And so one thing that I, like a concept that I learned later, which I wish I had known at the time was the four C's from Dan Sullivan. Let me see if I can remember the four C's. So it's commitment, courage, competence, confidence in that order. Mm -hmm. So first you commit like, okay, I want to be a dating coach. Then you take the courage to actually take all the actions that are required to become a good dating coach. 
eventually you become somewhat competent and then much later at the end comes confidence Mm. and so a lot of people have that backwards they're trying to feel confident or generate the confidence first in order to commit to something and have the courage to do it and then they think the competence will come as a result of that and so certainly I was in the commitment courage phase (laughs) for a really long time yeah And that's why I'm so grateful that I had my mentor because he really had a bird's eye view and he kept like instilling the vision of my skills growing over time. And he was so, so, so encouraging with learning. Like he was so like, would have me bring up all insecurities and fears and parts where I got it wrong and like I'm not sure what to do here and like he had me bring that all to the surface and we would discuss it and so I'm really grateful that I was like supported in my learning and that he didn't expect me to be like a 10-year dating coach or confidence coach right from the beginning. Right, right, totally and how special it is that you had that because you know not everybody does and even if some people do, it's more often than not, I think in like the tough love kind of way. And they're not pointing out to you the things that you do wrong. They're just kind of telling you. And then you're like, like scrambling, you're like stressing out and then you're finding the answer, but to actually be able to work through it and know that you made a mistake and be like, okay, now I'm learning from it. Like that's so important. And I hope that anybody who's in any leadership position can learn from that and take from that really. Um, I should have asked you this a little earlier, but what is it really that drew you to wanting to become a dating coach specifically? Um, I think it was just a fun topic, like from my past, like history of being really interested in it. Like that was the topic that I would dive into the most. And so I think that I just like, it was the topic that I enjoyed learning about the most. And so developing my skills in that area was just like natural. There is like other similar topics, like there were, they were also super interesting to me, but I wasn't naturally drawn to like read 10 books about it. Whereas in dating, like I'm still reading (laughs) books about it. I find it so fascinating. It really is so fascinating because like we said before, like everybody goes through it and everybody also has their own opinions on what's right, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And the thing is, as everyday civilians who are dating, we're all taking in all of this information and kind of processing through it. And they don't always line up and it leaves a lot of people confused and vulnerable, but that's why it's so great to have people like you who are helping people work through it in their own, own specific way. So yeah, yeah, it's a necessary job that people probably don't realize is a job most of the time. Yeah. It's so wild to me because I don't think I've ever met anybody who didn't have to do any kind of dating. Yeah. Like maybe if you like had an arranged marriage or if you just happened to meet your person in high school, the vast majority of people that is not their experience. Right. And yet I have worked with such a variety of people, including psychologists right? So these are people who like study the human mind and as a part of that connection and like so many things that relate to being human. And yet there's no curriculum, even if you get a doctorate in psychology about dating. Um, There's a lot on what to do once you're done dating, 
right? Mm -hmm. So once you're in a relationship, there's huge bodies of research. And it's like, what about before? (laughs) How do we get there? (laughs) Like, what's the map? (laughs) Yes. And one thing that I always say is that your relationship starts on date one, right? Mm -hmm. So even if you were married for 20 years, your relationship with that person actually started the moment that you met them. And so we just kind of delete this chunk as like, as if it's not part of the relationship, but it is, it started the moment that you locked eyes with that person and everything that happened after that was part of the relationship that you built with them. So dating is focusing on that early part of the relationship where there is so much that comes up around that stage um, that is so beneficial to learn about and to work on. It's literally the foundation of what you're going to build, potentially the life you're going to build with a partner. And yeah, it's so important to just have some guidelines for clear communication and how you should be interacting with another person and how you should stand up for yourself. Like, especially for, I don't want to say especially for women, but I think women and men have such specific ideas of what they should be doing um, dating wise in, in a heterosexual relationship I'm speaking from, but like people have such ideas and I think it just leads to a lot of confusion and then a lot of miscommunications or lack of communications and it's a mess and yeah it's crazy (laughs) yes you're like yes it is I know (laughs) I do this every day (laughs) but I do we'll get into some dating stuff later but I did want to talk about you actually building your business so you've gone on to build your own brand your own business so I want to know, like from the very beginning steps, like what tactics did you use to really build up a brand for yourself? Yeah. So essentially I would count the start of my business as starting the podcast. Okay. But before that I was trying the in-person route, like going to networking events and meeting people in person and telling them what I do and that kind of thing. And that was absolutely not working out for me at all. Um, and in hindsight, like, sure, I could have like developed more skills in that area. However, it was just so against like who I am as a person, like, especially at the time. Yeah, I was super introverted. So like going to an event, for, like a networking event is just like so against the grain of who I am. And actually at the time, a big story of mine before I started the podcast was like, I'm not extroverted enough. I'm not that like loud personality. I'm not outgoing enough or just like energetic enough in the way that I come across to people. And I really felt like this career isn't for me because that's not how I am. Um, And then the other piece was like, I didn't want to do that whole game. I just wanted to share what I know that I felt could be helpful to people. So I started the podcast. And the podcast initially I didn't even tell anybody I had a podcast because I was like I don't know if I'm gonna stick with this and I just want to make sure that I'm like even like committed before I like tell people and then it's like another thing I didn't do and so I published like three times a week and I actually got really into it and really enjoyed it nice Uh, yeah so it was going for about a year and still the results were not coming in yet Um, like there was maybe a few hundred there were a few hundred listeners And maybe like, I got like one client or something. And I remember actually at the time I was still working with Dr. Aziz and man, this whole episode is just going to be like a shout out to him because he helped me so much. Um, And I like cried my eyeballs out to him and I was like, 
Oh my gosh, I have been posting consistently and like really like my best work every week for over a year and absolutely nothing is happening and no one cares and it's not working and I don't know what else to do. Like I'm like, I'm doing it. It's not like I'm being lazy. Like I'm doing everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I know to do to like build this. And I just thought I would be further by now, including like the years of like networking and that kind of stuff. Sure. And um, he is such a great communicator and he was very empathetic. And then once he like leveled with me, he was like, okay, do you want to know why it hasn't worked out yet? And I was like, okay, yes. And he said, you just haven't done what it takes. And (laughs) I would hate that answer. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, but that was like exactly what I needed to hear. Um, And so I started to think of the business as like this vending machine where you keep putting coins in, but it's like, if you put a penny too little in, you're not getting the result yet. Mm. And you just like, you can cry about it, but you just haven't done what it takes. That's not the price of what you want. Um, I think a lot of people experience that in business where even if you know logically it's going to be hard or you'll have to do a lot of work you still just expect it to come a little bit earlier (laughs) than the reality of when it comes and I would say that's been true at every stage of business like even once I got my first few clients I'm like okay great we're rolling like soon I'll be full-time yeah three years later like you know everything came a little bit later than expected very interesting. And I think a key piece of that, I it could be in your case, I know it has been in mine, is also confidence too. Like doing what it takes, it takes putting yourself out there. It takes making yourself vulnerable. And that's really hard. But like you said, you kind of just have to put those pennies in. Like even if it's one at a time, like just take those steps forward and see what happens because something is on the other side. And like you said before, it might be disappointing at times, but you're going to see yourself through. So um, yeah, that's really interesting. And I've never heard that analogy before of the vending machine, but I really, really like that. Yeah. I also wanted to ask doing what it takes, like what were those extra steps that really helped to move you forward? If, you know, if you could go back and do it again, like what would you have done earlier? Okay. So first of all, the consistency over time, just Mm -hmm literally anything you want in life you just can't get past that right it's more than 90 days it's more than six months it's probably more than a year of being consistent with something um the other thing that you know I learned it in perfect timing but I wish I learned it earlier Mm -hmm. uh is my next mentor Elizabeth Salazar she is a business mindset coach and she really filled in that like piece of the mindset and like coming from the right thought and feeling combination and infusing that with everything that I do. Mm. And especially with her process called the daily work, which she offers actually for free on her website, which is crazy. But anyways, I ended up joining. Yeah. So I started going to work early every day, like 30 minutes early before the sun was up in the winter, it was cold. And I started doing her daily work. And I just immediately noticed a shift in like the responses I was getting and the quality of my work and just like the results I was getting. So I worked with her in her mastermind 
And that's when it blew up. Um, that's when it really like took me to the next level. And I, for the first time, like had a sold out launch and then I went full time and I had my last job. So yeah, it was like a huge shift in my mindset. Um, and that was like a really big piece of it. Wow. How interesting to know because you're doing the work, but it all comes down to how you feel about yourself and what you believe you can do. And that goes with anything in life. You know, it goes with business. It goes with dating. It goes with anything at all. And wow, that's, that's so interesting that that was really your key piece. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that was something that it became the first thing that I look to when things are going wrong. Okay. So if I'm not creating a result. If I failed a result, if something's not happening the way that I want it to, before I look at what are the things I need to do, like, okay, I, okay, I guess I better do this drastic action. The first thing I look at is like, well, what were you thinking the last three months? Mm. And how have you been feeling and how, like, have you been spending enough time thinking about your clients and like feeling inspired? And like, I, I guess the most important emotion for me to feel is service. So feeling just in service, like yeah, that is yeah. my main guidance point. And sometimes, you know, things happen. I get distracted in my own life or just start prioritizing other things, or you just start getting into the grind of things and you're forgetting to like really live from service. And yeah, so just always bringing myself back into the right state of mind. Yeah, I love that. And I heard recently this little quote, it was on like a podcast, but it really stuck to me. It was like, yes, you wanna be blessed in your life, but how can you be a blessing to others? and go through each day really wondering that and then acting on it. Because there are so many times throughout the day where you could just help somebody out. And then they're going about their day being like, wow, that person really helped me when I needed it. I think so often we really operate from a self-centered place or even just a fear-driven place too of like, oh my God, like if I don't do this then I'm not going to achieve this. And when you're a determined person, I think that's kind of natural, but I don't think it really leads to much good and leads to much sanity in ourselves, you know? So refocusing your life to how can I help others, I think will lead to a much healthier place in life. Yes. Yeah. And one thing also, like I've seen a few people who like tried to start this kind of business and weren't really getting the feedback or results or like quit or that kind of thing. And I would say one thing that I've noticed that may be missing from somebody's content, if they're trying to do a similar thing, is empathy, mm. which it's, it's more than just being like helpful. Like here are three tips for this thing, right? So like, let's even say you're like a different kind of coach, like weight loss coach. So it's not enough to just say, hey, like you should eat apples and run a hundred miles a day, you know, like whatever. Right, right, right yeah. Is. So Sounds that's like, like a good plan. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm not weight loss. That's a great diet. Oh my gosh. Um, you have to really address and know how that person is feeling and what thoughts are in their mind. And they yeah. need to know that you know what their experience of life is and like that you genuinely understand and have been there and you care. And the only way to do that is to like directly communicate that to that person. So speak their specific thought or their specific emotion and like really speak to that instead of just like, here are three tips, right? right. Like 
that's helpful, but it's not rooted in empathy and like care for that person and what they're experiencing. Right. And in fitness and dating, that's such, such a key piece, because if we're using fitness as the example, like everybody has their own relationship with working out with food, with, with their body, you know, and yeah, like you said, we can say, all right, here's what you could do to achieve this body. Here are three steps. But at the same time that everybody has their own relationship with their own body. And that is what is really going to make the difference for them to move forward in a healthy way. And it's the same thing with dating. And, you know, what you're speaking on is something that I don't really hear too often, but it's using your vulnerability and human connection really on a deeper level to build a business. And it's not in a tricky way, like, oh, I'm going to connect to like your weakest points and then make money off of them. No, it's you're doing something of service, like you said, and you're using your pure intentions and the deepest parts of us that we want to heal and we want to be able to move forward with and elevate in order to create a better life for ourselves. You're using those parts of our lives to help people and then through that, build something for yourself. And there's nothing wrong with building something for yourself if you're helping others. And that's really beautiful, honestly. And it's a great way to look at what you should do professionally in this life, you know, if that's what calls you. Yeah. And it takes a little bit more work to like access that level of empathy because it's like, let's just say in this hypothetical world, the actual answer to weight loss is like eat an apple a day. Like, let's say that's the action, the helpful Mm -hmm. service action. Then going a level deeper means sitting down and thinking about my person that I'm speaking to and what's getting in the way of them eating the apple. And that's going to be their thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. which are like, nothing has worked in the past. And can this really help me? And even if it does work, like, then what, you know, I can't maintain it. You need to speak to that and understand that. And that takes more work. That yeah. takes more time. It's very easy to just like tell someone what to do. But yeah, that will actually have you like connect with your audience on a much deeper level. Yeah, it's so interesting. And, you know, very quickly, like, I think it was during COVID, I tried like this weight loss program and it was based in psychology. Mm -hmm. And that was the only thing that really worked for me because it was getting down to the root of anything, of everything, excuse me. And being able to reprogram my mind in a way to figure out, all right, this is why I want this food at this time. And this is what I'm trying to avoid. And if I can use another method in order to heal that, that emotion, then I'll be healthier and achieve my goals. You know, it's really interesting. So to go off of that, you are using these skills and helping people through one-on-one coaching now, and you're doing it full-time, which is amazing. I know every person is different and everybody has their own story and their own past experiences too. But how do you start off with a client? Like, what do you want to know about them? And how do you help to move them forward? And what are the the key measurements, I guess you use, if that's even a right term to say like, okay, this person is moving forward with their progress. Mm. Well, so first of all, I should mention at this point, it's mostly in groups that I work. Um, So there is at this point still a smaller one-on-one component. And I do have that like initial one-on-one session, like deep dive. And then we have occasional one-on-one calls to make sure that they're like keeping their progress. Um, 
But at this point, I have usually like two groups at a time that I'm working with and we do group coaching. But yeah, so in that first session, I get an overview of their dating, but also their life. So Mm -hmm. I ask them, what are you wanting to create? What are your goals? What are you looking for in dating? What's slowing you down? What's holding you back? What are your challenges? Um, A little bit about their dating history. Have they ever had a relationship? Have they had a relationship and it wasn't positive? Have they had positive relationships? Um, Their current dating experiences. Are they currently talking to anybody? Are they dating or completely not dating? But then also like, what about the rest of your life? Like, what are your friendships like? What's your health like? Does life feel fulfilling and happy outside of dating? Because it's really important that before you try to like solve (laughs) any negative parts of your life with a relationship, Mm -hmm. you pad the other areas of your life first. Yeah. Um, So that's actually one of the most important questions that I ask. And then depending on what comes up in that, I can see like what level of skill they're at in terms of like, are we just working on, first of all, meeting people and creating dates? Or are we setting that foundation with other connections or fulfillment outside of dating so that they have more energy to give to dating? Or are they already in the process of dating, but then they feel super anxious and we're working on that? So it depends on where they are and it's personalized to each person. And then also in my program to kind of like make it as scientific as we can, but you know, dating is really an art. I have a worksheet called the process and it's a checklist. So it goes in order of like foundational mindset to foundational your life outside of dating to creating dates to what we do on those dates to create the best connection to how we develop those dates to go into an exclusive connection And then what we do once we're exclusive. So it's like, here are the things to focus on. Are you doing these things? Yes or no, (laughs) to make it as clear as possible. One of my personal like values in the work that I do is not being vague. So Mm -hmm. I know so many people get so much from coaching. That's like healing your inner child or working on things that just feel a little bit more out there. But I really wanted to bring it to like, what do you need to do? And just like clarity, like the difference between somebody telling you, you just need to be more yourself on dates, you know, just you got to be authentic versus like, how the hell do I do that? Right. (laughs) Right? Like, what does that mean? How do I practice that skill? How do I know if I'm being myself or not? Like, so I try to take the time to like break things down in a systematic way. Okay. So you have your group sessions and then you mentioned you have a program. So I just want to clarify, like, do you have a course that goes over a certain period of time that people are going through the whole program with, or is this just what you use with every client as they're going about their individual journey? Yes. So I have a program called from dating to exclusive, and Mm -hmm. it's a year long program. The first three months, we're going through the core curriculum. So these essential dating concepts that help us navigate dating. And then the rest of the time, we're going through like a repetitive three-month curriculum that's like maintaining your growth um, and just expanding everything that we worked on in the foundation. Very cool. So how did you go about building a year-long program? Like what were the real steps that went into that? And how did you 
bring it together and make sure it was what it needed to be. Um, yeah, all of that. Yeah. So, you know, I did start with one-on-one sessions and at one point I was like eight hours a day (laughs) doing just like one-on-ones, like four to five minute hour calls. Um, and I did notice in that, that I started like repeating a lot of things. And, um, that was honestly feeling kind of draining to me. Sure. Because I just felt like if I could just put all of you in one room today, like all eight people, we all talked about the, the same things, right? So um, people really discover in the group sessions that they learn as much from other people as they do from their own questions. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I started building like an online course and like an actual step-by-step program. And then it was actually only four months initially, because that's like, in my mind, that was how long it took me to go through those concepts and like teach those skills. But then I really just wanted more time with people. And so a lot of people would stay on after the four months and continue working together through like a membership type of thing. And I discovered just like the clients that I had the most success with that were so rewarding to work with were the people that I worked with for a year where I could really like see them through everything and like applying those concepts. And it also just gave so much more space to people to feel like not only that they're just like learning the concepts, but they have space and time to apply it and like see it through and continuously get feedback during that time instead of just like cramming it for four months and then like, okay, like figure it out. You're on your own. Right. Right. Wow. That's really amazing. And, you know, I know you've worked with so many people, but what have been like some of the top success stories I think you've seen, or, you know, what have been the most rewarding aspects for you? Yeah. So on the podcast, I consistently have my clients on who share their transformations and truly like no two stories are like completely alike um, because Mm -hmm. everybody has such a different like history going into things. We've had clients in their twenties, in their sixties, in their thirties, in their forties. I mean, they're are so many that come to mind and a lot of them I've been able to share on the podcast not everybody wants to do a podcast episode about it and it's also on my website on the testimonials page but there are a few that come to mind um one client we worked together for over two years I think and that's what I mean with like spending a lot of time over time with somebody you get to see them through so many phases so she was in a relationship, but it was like undefined. So we helped like define that relationship. Turned out it wasn't the right relationship for her. Worked with her through the very difficult heartbreak of letting go of that relationship. Worked through getting back into dating, finding her partner, developing that relationship. And now they moved in together and now they're trying for a baby And also she was so inspired by her own journey and she also works in the mental health field. So she was like, you know what? I want to do dating coaching as well. So then we started working together on starting her business and she got her first few clients. So I got to just see so many things in like one person transform. Um, And for her to be like so inspired by herself and like the tools that she wanted to share them with other people And then like working with her as she's working with other people, it was just like an extraordinary experience. Um, And we're still in touch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so special, really. And, you know, I think it's important to know, like, 
you are obviously becoming invested in people's lives and people's stories. I'm interested, what do you do to kind of take a step back and not get yourself too attached, I guess, to somebody's story or too, you know, emotionally drained even because you're going through so much with so many people. And I'm sure at times people kind of use you to kind of get all their emotions out and get their frustrations out. And that could be a lot to handle as a person. What do you do to really be there for somebody, but also take a step back and, and be your own person. Yeah. I would say one thing that really helped with that, honestly, was transitioning from one-on-one sessions to group, just because it's very different to have a few hours of coaching people per week versus every single day, many hours per day, and just like in a very intense, like long form with each person. So honestly, that just like that logistical shift made a huge uh, difference in that. And I was really struggling with that. Yeah. Um, and also there were some other boundaries I needed to set where when I was first starting, I also offered like text support or like I had a chat where people could reach out to me. And I noticed that wasn't working for me or for them on multiple levels. People would just like text me in the middle of the day when I'm at the gym and be like, ah, anxiety, this guy is not texting me back. Oh my God. And like the empathy, right? So like yeah, I yeah. would feel for them and I it was hard to just be like emotionless and like cut off from that. But also I realized that in doing that, they weren't learning how to rely on the tools that we learned. Like they would feel anxiety and then immediately text me instead of like feeling anxiety, first seeing how they can self-soothe and what they can do with the tools and then bringing it to the coaching session. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really helping them like improve in their ability to work through things. So setting some more boundaries has been helpful. That's really necessary. And I think we all kind of do that in a way. Like if I'm not hearing from a guy or something, you know, you text a friend, you text your sister or whatever. And yes, that's can be helpful, but also I think it kind of distracts me from realizing like what I need to do for myself in this situation. Like when you're constantly outsourcing opinions or stories from other people, you know, obviously your case is different, but it can get you a little confused at some points. Like you need to be able to figure out like, okay, what can I do for myself right here? And what do I need? You know, instead of focusing on the anxiety, realizing what you need. And that is something that I've learned along the way. And it's, it's helpful and it's a little scary at times, but necessary. (laughs) Yeah. My friend texted me the other day. She like literally just out of nowhere, she was like, oh my gosh, like anxious trigger from a man or something. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the casual text. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, huh, what? And she's like, one second later, she was like, I'm sorry. I need to journal. I just like literally threw that at you. And I didn't take literally any time to process that at all. I'll let you know tomorrow. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's good. Do your friends come to you for dating advice like all the time? Um, some do and some don't. And I never offer it out of nowhere. Like I'm yeah, definitely like just your friend. And like, if you tell me some asshole did this, I'm like, yeah, I hate him. Like he mm-hmm. sucks, you know, I'm not going to be like the coach. Right, um, right. But sometimes my friends do ask like, okay, like, what would you recommend in this situation? And I'm happy to give my feedback. Oh my God. You sound like the best friend to have around. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So as we kind of wrap up in the next few minutes, I wanted to talk a little bit about going from dating to exclusive, because that's where I find myself most of the time, honestly, when it comes to 
my relationships. And I think a lot of us in our 20s, you know, find ourselves in those types types of situations a lot of the time where um, you're dating somebody, it's going well, and then you kind of get into that questionable gray area where it's like, all right, we're seeing each other. Maybe we're even sleeping together. Uh, We're going out on dates, but maybe he doesn't want a relationship or maybe we're not sure what we're doing, but we're kind of just like chilling in this area. Mm -hmm. And then it just leads to more of that and less of a surety of what you're actually doing, I think. So I saw something on your website And it said that a lot of guys pull away or start acting a little flaky after things are going great. Maybe it's too good or maybe there's something that they want to say, but they're not saying it. And it just leads to the silence or soft ghosting or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I know you have your guide. You have a whole program that people can check out. But what should we do like as women when we find ourselves in those situations? And I think a lot of the times, and I hear it from friends everywhere, they're like, wait for the guy to come to you. Don't do anything like be in your feminine energy, blah, blah, blah. There is something to that, but also I'm a firm believer in standing up for yourself and not letting other people's actions control my day. So what do you recommend when you're wanting something from a guy, but you're not getting a a complete answer? Yes. Okay. So there were a few like separate things I heard. Yeah. I really went on a whole tangent there. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. Like topic number two. I love this. Okay. (laughs) So first thing with a guy pulling away, I do have that guy called copy and paste text when he's pulling away or acting flaky because there there's a gradient in that as well. There's a difference between a guy you slept with on Sunday and now you haven't heard from him for a week versus a guy who's like, I'll see you Friday. And then on Thursday, you haven't set the time or place, right? Like those are two different yeah. things yeah. that are acting flaky and they need to be addressed differently. Um, so one thing that I will just say is relationships are not an entry-level position. Dates are, right? Yeah. So if you submit a resume and it has like some basic qualifications, like sure, you get a date. Um, but in terms of like transitioning into the most important role in my life, that's not a position that's just up for grabs. And it's a position that you need to come in with some more <laughs> qualifications for it and vice versa, you for the other person as well. But the basic two qualifications, right? Like the baseline is easy planning and communication. Yes. So thinking of a relationship as, I mean, this is so unsexy, but like a job <laughs> in our life, a specific role where we show up a specific way, one of the basic things that we need in order to have a pleasurable experience with that is easy planning and communication. And what that means is number one, you can count on at least a date per week with that person. It's not like I've had clients who are like, I don't know if I'll see him this week or not. Or he said he was traveling, but never told me when he's like ready for the next date or that kind of thing. If it's like pulling teeth to try and get that next date. And that's a consistent factor. And you just feel like you have to keep pushing things forward. That person is just disqualified. So that's not waiting in your feminine energy for him to just decide when he wants to see you. That's you having respect for yourself and saying, you know what, I really want a person who is consistently showing up to connect. In the first Amen. Oh my God. I think so many people need to hear that, honestly, yeah. because 
even myself included, but they'll just kind of leave a guy on the hook and just wait around for somebody to decide like, yes, like, let's do this or let's just do this for the time being until he decides he wants to go away again. Why are you doing that to yourself? It's not fair to yourself. You deserve so much more than that. Yeah. And you should never stay in a connection at any stage where you just feel yourself consistently being triggered and anxious and hurt by that person. And so that's the second thing, which is easy communication. That doesn't mean you never miscommunicate something, but it means in general, there's just a clear line of communication. It's not like, oh my gosh, like I ask him, when are we going to hang out and how was your day? And then he only answers, how was your day? Or, mm-hmm. you know, like right. yes questions he only answers one it's just like really confusing if you consistently find yourself really confused Mm -hmm. when you are communicating with this person their communication skills or effort may just not be up to continuing so if you find yourself confused and always kind of left in the dark about when am I going to see this person again that's somebody to let go and really trust that there are other people who will show up in a much more clear way Um, there was the second piece of your, oh, the gray zone. I wanted to address that. So with going from dating to exclusive, one of the key things is you really want to just avoid the gray zone entirely. Mm -hmm. So it's much more difficult when we let it evolve into a situationship or basically a relationship without the titles where we're sleeping with the person and we're seeing them consistently and we've met their family and we've met their friends, but Ooh, labels like, (laughs) no, that's too much. Right. So insane, but it's so, it's so true. (laughs) And so a lot of women find themselves accidentally creating that Mm -hmm. because they have the mindset that if he just sees how amazing it is to be in a relationship with me, the natural consequence will be that he wants to be in a relationship officially. Oh my God, you're speaking to me. You're speaking to me. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually had a client who said that she was like, she was like kicking ass at work. And she was like, well, at work, if you want the promotion, you start doing the job that you want before you have it. And that's how you get noticed for the promotion. Mm. But that's not how it works in dating. In dating, we want to stay within the phase that we are and then create containers before we enter the next phase. So before, for example, we're entering the sleeping with somebody on a consistent basis and meeting their friends and meeting their family and creating plans and trips and vacations, you want to create the container of exclusivity. So each step has a container that needs to come first before you take those steps. And you really have to trust yourself and like what you bring to that person And that they will want to take that next step in order to have the confidence to have that conversation and create that container. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. And it's also, I think, realizing, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's not necessarily a reflection on you. It's they're not living up to your standards. So let that be that and move on and trust that something better is coming. And there's no need to really get down on yourself completely. And I know that when I've reconnected with guys that I've had a certain relationship with most of the time after months go by or a year or so like they'll tell me why it didn't work out and it nine times out of ten has something to do with them but for the past few months that I haven't heard from him I've been wondering all about me and all the things that I did wrong and what's wrong with me 
but usually it's not about that. It's about them. So I think, you know, we need to go into these dates and these relationships worrying about ourselves and also just knowing who we are and what we need in order to be and feel valued. Yes, that is so true. Um, I don't remember the exact quote and I don't even remember her name, unfortunately, <laughs> but there is some quote um, by a woman, I think like Ivana or something. Um, she has like a show. She's like pretty famous. And she said something about letting people show how they love. Mm, yeah. So it's not like how much they love you. It's just how they love in general. And then you're there and like their actions really reflect how they show up to connections in general. And I guarantee you, like, if you have one of those guys where the planning and the communication really sucks, that's probably how he is with most people that he's connecting with. So that's not something that you're eliciting from him because you're not good enough in some way. That's how he loves. That's how he shows up to dating. It's up to you to say that you deserve more. Yes. And to accept that and not think he's somebody else because you know so many times we have this idea of somebody in our heads and we plan our whole future with them sometimes without really knowing who they are and we need to accept reality and know what we deserve so yes (laughs) um I have two quick questions for you do you have time for okay cool one is the reality is when you're out there when you're dating things aren't always going to go great for you right away. And, you know, you're helping people to find that, which is amazing. But from my experience, when I've been knocked down a few times, it's easy to let it get to me. And it's easy to knock down that confidence level. So, you know, you're dating and, and excuse me, dating and confidence woman. What do you suggest to people to help sustain and build their confidence when they're feeling rejected, when they're feeling like things aren't working out? How do you help people to really get back up there? So the first thing to understand is confidence is an emotion, not a character quality. Mm. So emotions come and go and you don't ever feel one emotion all the time. So confidence naturally comes and goes in every area of life, including in dating. And there will be moments where you don't feel confident. You feel like a piece of shit, right? Sure. <laughs> so yeah. That happens. And I just think that's important to acknowledge um, because sometimes we beat ourselves up for not being confident enough. And really what we mean by that is I don't feel confident all the time. What's wrong with me? And the second thing is that we need to have daily habits and then also like break in case of emergency you know, just ways that we tend to ourselves. So the daily habits are things like mindset work, which is really just like 15 minutes a day. You work on two negative thoughts per day. You're not trying to delete every negative thought that you have. You're building like a positive mindset with that practice, spending time with friends, spending time with your hobbies, being invested in your purpose, things like that, where it actually has nothing to do with dating. It's just about like sustaining a positive lifestyle and yourself. And that alone will just maintain a level of resilience that helps you in dating. And then the break in case of emergency thing is sometimes we take intentional breaks from dating. But what that doesn't mean is, oh my gosh, like screw dating. I'm just going to take six months off. And then we return to dating with the exact same mindset that we had. Intentional break is like, I'm going to take the week off and do mindset work every day and really replenish my sources and 
invest extra energy and time into the other things in my life that give me so much energy and resiliency. And then I'll take it week by week and see when am I ready and feeling like up to taking on some risks and being courageous and putting myself back out there in dating. Um, so that's the other piece of like how we process through those challenges and pain and heartbreak that is a part of dating for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I said before, I really love how you are combining these two aspects and not just helping people to get dates or to grow their confidence, but really just bringing those two things together as a whole in order to really become the best version of yourself and find that person that compliments you and you can grow together to be the best versions of yourselves and that self piece is key. So I think you're doing such incredible work and it's amazing to see what you've built. And I think people are going to learn a ton from you, from both the business aspect and the dating aspect. It's really wonderful. Thank you so much. Of course. I have one question that I ask everybody on this show. Um, what is it that you value at the end of each day? Mm, I value relationships mm, and connections yeah. and just having moments of connection with other people, whether it be clients or friendships or romantic or work or just any connections. Yeah. We can't live without them. We need each other. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Amber, where can people find you, work with you, connect with you, all of that? Yeah. So first of all, definitely check out the podcast, Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. There are over 250 episodes on there. You can dive right in. You can also get my free guide, Copy and Paste Texts for When He's Pulling Away or Acting Flaky. You can find that on my website, ambergrubman.com. And then if you're resonating with those materials and you want to learn more, there's also ambergrubman.com forward slash coaching. And you can learn more about the program that I offer there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This has been so necessary for me. And I know for so many people, whoever listens, it's going to be wonderful. So thank you for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for your amazing questions. Oh, thank you. It was lovely to meet you. You too. Bye. Yes. All right. Bye.